Folks, welcome back. And it's a new episode of Bullet Points. The UB Bulls are going to the Bahamas Bowl, and it's time for a preview. But first, we got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Wester. And we have none other than hashtag buy from Bunt, Mike Bunt here tonight to talk a little bit about it. Mike, what are the deals down there in East Aurora? Oh, we got a lot of amazing deals on Buicks, Cadillacs and GMCs, so I'm the guy to come to. Obviously, the best hashtag around. Buy from Bunt. I love it. Yeah, I think we're going to have to patent that one. Me, Al, and Kev have been hammering it, and thankfully we've got you back here because this is a huge game coming up for you being the Makers Wanted Bull down there in the Bahamas. A huge chance for the Bulls to make a name for themselves. But we got to talk a little bit about the season and I know there's one thing you got to bring up first as we talk about it. Well, first thing I want to say is that I don't know. Uh, I don't want to call myself a self-proclaimed genius, but all of us on the bullet points well, team. You're not calling. Pro- you're not self-proclaimed. If us. we all did it, we all did it. Yeah. Okay. So okay, but we all said that UB was going to go seven and five, and I know there was moments during the season during the roller coaster ride where we were less confident of our picks, but. It happened. They went seven and five, and I think overall we're all pretty, we're, we're all feeling pretty well about the way the year has gone for UB. Yeah, and we, it's obviously been a roller coaster. You had Matt Meyer start the season at quarterback, go down with injury, and Kyle Van Tree step in there, and the running game and defense has really carried this team throughout the season. You get there seven and five, and for the first time in program history, you have. 12 all max selections you get you know that first team there Jarrett patterson evan kacharzak joey banks taylor riggins and malcolm coons both of your defensive ends that's unbelievable this is like defensive end you right now and then second team you have uh coyote awasika and uh paul nosworthy on the offensive line at linebacker Gaddafi wright who's been all over the place this year and then your third defensive end who's on the second team is Ladarius Mack. Um, your second safety, Tyrone Hills there as well. Third team is Antonio Nunn and uh, Big Boozy on Wuka. Obviously, Nunn probably would have been higher if not for missing a couple games with those injuries. And it's just it's unbelievable that the Bulls have had a season like this. Um, and you put 12 on there after a 10-win season where you had 10 guys make all Mack. And it just goes to show what Lance Leipold is doing with his team, putting together a ton of talent, guys who are going to perform at the top of this conference. Uh, and I think you're right there with me in, in sharing in some of these feelings that this team just goes to show that it's more about progression than bringing in the top recruits. Absolutely, especially in the MAC level. Of course, you'd love to get the, the three- and four-star recruits, but at a MAC level, that's just not practical uh, a lot of the time. Uh, and when you're a program like UB, development is going to be the most important factor in creating a program that has that consistency. Um, you, you look at how this team gets it done. They, they win by pounding the rock, and they also win by playing – top-flight defense, and those are two things that you can develop 
very well by building an offensive line, having quick, agile running backs, and having uh, players on defense really learn their roles. And, and I love the way this coaching staff is doing it. And, and finally, a UB coach is getting the, the time to actually cultivate a roster that he likes. I know some people are constantly on Lance because of the special teams deficiencies and some of the, the Hashtag hire Ty B. <laughs> hire Ty B. Uh, and, and, yes, those are problems, but they do it the right way. Um, you look at a couple other different schools across the MAC, and they do it the same way with uh, the development factor, and I think that's the key to long-term success uh, if you want to win in the Mid-American Conference. Yeah, for sure, and it's going to be a slow grind. You're not just going to be able to put together 10-win season after 10-win season. There's going to be years where you're going to go down to 6 or 7, but it's all about stringing together bullwin season after bullwin season so you continue continually progress to get to that point where you can string those longer, better, better seasons to get to that point where maybe UB can move up at some point into a higher division. But that's obviously a pipe dream. But with Lance, he's done these things, you know, at the Division Three level where he's won year after year. And, like, if he can continue to do this and continue to grow players the way he has, like, look at what he's done with Jarrett Patterson from when he's gotten here. Um, he was a guy who was basically overlooked coming out of uh out of high school it was just a throw-in for bringing james patterson here james had offers at better schools but he came here because we offered both of the twins and now you see the success of both of them and some of the other guys like matt Atwanowski who have continued to grow throughout you know being here with lance it's just a great outlook going forward yeah and i i completely agree and I don't want to bring up. I don't want to annoy you guys with this name that I bring up, but I kind of look at what Ohio has done. Granted, we want UB to be able to win MAC championships. Bobcats don't know how to do that, and who knows if they ever will. But the one thing that they always do down in Athens, they get to bowl games every year, and they win quite a few of them every once in a while. UB is starting to put the seeds uh, together for that, and what's even more impressive to me about how UB is doing it is they did so this year really without a passing game at all. Uh, you look at UB, they, they struggled going through the air this year, but they still were able to get yardage, get victories when teams knew exactly what they were going to throw at them. And, and you look at all those defensive names that you brought up, up earlier, uh, guys like Taylor Reagans, Malcolm Koontz, Ladarius Max. Uh, on Wuka, you got Gaddafi, Rice, James Patterson, yeah, um, Joey Banks. It goes on and on. But the thing is, we I think before the year when we were talking about our bullet point predictions, I thought the defense was going to be decent. I mean, the, that's kind of what we've come to expect under Lance Leipold that it's at least pretty average. But th this year, we saw the defense play at an elite level, and and the offense really gained its steam down. Uh, the stretch. Just imagine if a guy like uh, Tyree Jackson didn't leave. I mean, UB honestly was probably a quarterback away from being a 10-win regular season team. Uh, maybe even better. Uh, this team is... If he stays, yeah, who knows what else happens. It, 
and that's why I'm encouraged because. But but let's not even yet. We're not going to dwell. I'm on not going to dwell, but th- but that's why I'm encouraged about the future. Actually, is because. UB is not an easy coaching job. It, it, if you look at the history of them as a D1 program, no team, no coach has ever had above 500 career record with UB. Well, you know what? Now you have a coach that finally has gotten them the bowl games in back-to-back years. Uh, UB, I, I think they finished last year 10-4 after the MAC championship and uh, bowl game. But you add up the last two years, that's 17 and um, 17 and nine. That's a, an impressive mark and. Uh, with what they bring back uh, with some of their offensive playmakers, I I think the expectation should be to get to a bowl game again next year. Uh, I know they have some losses on the defensive side of the ball and their offensive line, but they're building it the right way. And there a lot of the teams in the MAC go through ups and downs, but I'm starting to think that UB is going to be one of those teams that can consistently sustain some success. And they have the right guy leading the charge. And ESPN actually had Lance Leipold as the 79th, 79th best coach in the history of college football, which I know uh, our own Kevin Massar uh, <laughs> laughed at on Twitter. But the, the guy has achieved he remarkable things. He should be sorry about that. <laughs> he should be. I mean, the guy was one. He should be because listen to this. Listen to this. Kev's beloved UB Bulls have posted only five non-losing seasons since 1999 three of those have come under lance leipold and it's going to continue to be that way because he's just he's been able to get in good players that are able to fit into his system and he's able to coach them up and to grow them into great players and that's what good coaches do and i think it's just going to continue to grow go up for this program but we got to get into this match up here a little bit um, with Charlotte here, both of these teams are great running teams, and it looks like it's going to be terrible weather down the, down there for this bowl. Um, obviously, it's an interesting matchup. I think the Bulls' defense is much better than that 49ers' defense, so I think UB has the leg up. Um, Charlotte is just in, I believe, their fifth season, fourth or fifth season um, in the top division here um, in the NCAA and they're looking for their first ever bull win, but so is UB. So someone's going to get their first uh, bull win. Who do you think it's going to be? I, I have UB. I, I, this is a game. I, I know I shouldn't take Charlotte for granted um, because I've made that mistake before with other teams, but I don't see how UB loses this game right now. UB is on a roll. I know Charlotte is too. I think Charlotte has won five straight. UB has won a couple straight as well. But I look at the competition that Charlotte has faced this year, and I just I can't get to the point where I I should watch what I say, but I can't get to the point where I really think that they're – a tough competition. They've mostly beaten the teams that I would expect them to beat, and they've lost to teams that I would expect them to lose to. Um, they did play Appalachian State decently, only lost by 15. Uh, picked up a win over an 8 and 4 Marshall team, so you got to give them credit uh, for doing that. But Conference USA is one of those tricky leagues where 
back in the day when it was first formed, it's ba- it was basically what the American is now. And But the teams that are left, a lot of them are D1 teams that really haven't existed for that long. You got programs like Old Dominion, Florida International. Now. Yeah, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, UTSA. I just don't know if I respect the league and the competition in the league that much. And when I saw... I, I just can't get to that point where I, I think that Charlotte would be better than UB, but we'll see it on the field. I, I like that UB has the power uh, running game mixed in with the uh, mo- mobility and agility that Jarrett Patterson has, and I think that's just going to be tough for uh, a Conference USA defense to stop. But like you said, the 49ers also have a good running attack of their own. So I guess we'll just see who's the better team on the ground and whatever team gets it done will will most likely come out with the win yeah so this game opened up at an over under 56 and a half it's down to 51 and a half right now and that's probably has to do with the weather um it looks like there might be like up to 30 mile per hour winds possibly some rain and i don't think that's going to stop any of the shenanigans down in the bahamas um, Ohio has been there in the past. You bring up Ohio. Um, I'm going to bring that up in a minute, but I just really think that, you know, this bulls offense has, you know, sort of the leg up against that Charlotte offense in terms of the matchup against the defenses, because that UB defense is so much more stout than the Charlotte one. I believe, um, UB is just stifled teams. You're able to shut Penn State down for an entire half. That's that's a tough task um, against a Big Ten team. Um, you saw how well they played throughout the season. Um, I just think, you know, they've been so up and down. They were so close to being, you know, possibly a 10-win team if they had consistent special teams. So, you know, like looking ahead, you have to be supremely confident going into this game. Um, hopefully it's finally that first bull win so we can all celebrate. Um, everyone needs to get down to alumni arena, get down there for that women's basketball game as they host Ryerson from, uh, Canada. And then the, uh, official watch party for the, uh, Bahamas bowl game. Um, but yeah, we got to talk a little bit about Ohio's trip down to the Bahamas. I know, you remember that, I think, a little bit as a big win for your Bobcats. Yeah, it was uh, back in it was, 17. Yeah. It was dominating, <laughs> 41 to 6. But you have a different takeaway from that game. Uh, and I know you want to go a little bit into that. A lot more interesting than anything that could happen in any of the games in the history of the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about what you know about the game? <laughs> Yeah, so here's just like a little excerpt from um, 2017 from an Ohio fan who went down to the game in the Bahamas, brought beer right into the stadium. The locals at the gate didn't even ask to check tickets. One of them took a sip of my beer. We walked all the way around the stadium until we reached a fenced-off area. Royal Bahamas Defense Force Guard said we should check uh, behind the fence because he didn't know what was behind it. Uh, upon getting behind the fence, we ended up in the Ohio locker room, no questions asked. Uh, people are constantly walking around the athletic track, 
uh, and just chugging beer, and the security forces just keep laughing and high-fiving everyone. One of the soldiers is just hugging random fans. So obviously, like, the people of the Bahamas just completely embrace it. There's no American football really down there, and it's just a huge celebration for them to be able to, you know, put out the Bahamas and promote uh, their island as a destination, as somewhere to go visit. So it's huge for them, and, you know, they it, it's sort of the way that football should be taken, especially bowl games. It's a celebration of the success for your favorite team, and that's the way that it should be do you done. Think, I, I think you're right there with me. Do Brian. you think they even realize there's a game going on? What game? The, the people in the Bahamas. <laughs> like, Do you Who? think that they even realize? <laughs> it, it, it is kind of funny when you think about it. The first time that UB went to a bowl game was the International Bowl uh, after – taking down Ball State in the MAC Championship and Turner with Turner Gill. And I remember that crowd was about 40,000 people in Toronto to see UB take on UConn. And there were still a lot of bowl games back then, but not nearly as much as there is now. And it was a, an amazing moment for UB getting on national television and playing in front of that many people. Um and I, I love this bowl game just as much as I love the international bowl, but it's it's kind of funny the the difference of like this one they're going to announce the crowd around thirteen thousand. Uh, you're, you're talking there's Bison's crowds on Friday nights that, uh, well, not recently, but back in the day that could get that big. In uh, it's such a calm, relaxed party environment. It's fun. Like, I, I wish I was going down there to see this game, but I guarantee you. You said the crowd's going to be 13,000? That's what the Wikipedia has shown for the previous attendances for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 Because also part of that uh, same <laughs> USA Today story, the uh, next account was attendance is max 2,000. You know, it, Do you really think that many people are making it down there you know, for that? On short it's notice? like playing a game. Um, right before Christmas? No, no, no. It's no, like no, playing no. a game at like a country club. <laughs> you're you're literally like the whole week you're just having fun. You're on the beach. You're in the water. Yes. You're, you're getting away from this 15 degrees in Buffalo, New York. And then next thing you know, like they make you go on the football field. <laughs> it, it, like I was seeing a picture on twitter of you being like huh we gotta play football yeah like i saw a picture of you be practicing i don't even know where the practice was at it looked like some soccer field or something like that it is a uh, soccer field they don't have american <laughs> yeah, football down I, there so they're you're right that's that was like the big thing lance said was like the big difference that he didn't expect out of everything the craziest part was like the logistics behind everything is because part of it is like they don't have american football down there finding like practice facilities and this and that like there's so many weird things that have to go I, into it I thought that I was, you would never think of. I thought I was like looking at like a division like six high school football team in like in Ohio <laughs> where like it's a small village of like three thousand people and <laughs> the football team is like the only thing to do on a Friday night. Like that's what I thought I was looking at because like I looked at the stands and everything. I'm like, Oh my god, like it's gonna look like that. It's I love it. It's so honestly though, like the players got to be loving it because you know they they with a couple games left in the regular season they didn't even know if they were gonna go to a bowl game and then this is well that and uh, the way that the season played out they thought that with that win and uh, I think the loss by Western they probably were knocked out of um, 
the Bahamas Bowl, or like they were knocked up from the Bahamas Bowl, um, but they ended up getting it. So I guess that's sort of the rotation uh, within the MAC where they're trying to get everyone around a little bit, so you're not, you know, all in the same bowls all the time, all that stuff. So and you better, it kind of works yeah, out, you know. A lot you of better believe real, the players would that. rather be playing the Bahamas Bowl than the famous Idaho Potato Bowl or whatever random bowl game the MAC have has. I mean, the Bahamas Bowl. If you're in the MAC, you might as well go to the Bahamas Bowl. You get that's your ultimate week away from home. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, oh, that's the best bowl to go to. Even like it doesn't matter. Even if you win the MAC championship, if you're not getting like that um, non-power conference bowl game, you better hope it's the Bahamas Bowl. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the destinations aren't that great. Like Mobile, like uh, like. <laughs> it's it's not phenomenal um so you know they kind of really lucked out but we gotta i guess we gotta get into some predictions let's here. do it uh but give me your uh breakdown of this game here my breakdown to this game is that Jarrett patterson is going to continue doing what Jarrett patterson does and that's run for over 150 and a couple touchdowns i think we're going to see another uh tremendous performance by him uh, on Friday, I, I think expect a minimum of 150. I think Kevin Marks is going to get his yardage as well. Uh, the one thing that's interesting about Charlotte is while Buffalo has basically uh, a one-sided run attack, limited passing game, Charlotte can pass the ball. They um, th- it's going to be it's going to be enough. Yeah, though. it's probably going to be in enough. the rain and the wind. We'll see, um, but most likely. Uh, Charlotte will be forced into being one-dimensional due to the weather. I, I, I think UB is going to roll on this. I, I would say something like 35-17. Uh, I don't respect the Conference, conference USA that much. The, their fans are going to give me crap and say, well, the MAC isn't much better. and MAC probably isn't much better, but I think this UB team is a lot better than what their record indicates. I think if you just restarted the season today, I think this team wins nine games. Uh, so I, that tells you where I think this UB team is. And I think they're going to they're gonna show uh, the rest of the country in the first bowl game of the season that they're legitimate. And the one matchup that I saw ESPN already point out is, um, the, is the Bulls' offensive line against Charlotte defensive end Alex Highsmith. He has 14 yep. sacks this season. UB's offensive line has only allowed, I believe, eight sacks the entire year. Correct. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. I have complete confidence in the Bulls' offensive line, and I think they get the job done, not even worried about the defense in the crazy weather yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, KVT's barely had to throw it all year since he's become the starter. There's been very few games. I don't, I don't even, I'm not even positive he's ever even attempted over uh, 20 throws since he's become the starter uh, in one game, really. Um it's going to be a very interesting matchup, obviously, because both of these offenses are run heavy, um, or will at least succeed with the run very well. And it's going to be a weather where you're going to have to lean on the run game. I think that the Bulls' run game is much better. You have Jared Patterson. You have Kevin Marks. Um, obviously, it's an unfortunate situation that's going on with Dylan McDuffie. Um, it's a, it's good to see that the Bulls are out in front of it, um, suspending him with a pending, uh, domestic violence, 
uh, charge, like get out in front of that. Obviously like, don't let that linger. Um, be smart about all this. Um, but you still have other threats still behind him with Ron Cook Jr. Theo Anderson is still here. Um, you have a dynamic backfield. Let's, you know, let them do some things. Um, you just have to mix in, you know, a couple of throws, and I think they'll be able to do that um, underneath because you have some receivers who can get open underneath with Antonio Nunn, Daniel Lee. Uh, they're dynamic enough. They can open it up. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than predicted. Um, if you somehow got it at 56, you're very lucky down to 51 and a half right now. Um, I think the bulls get this one done. Uh, 27, 21. Um, I think they will be right off of covering possibly I could see them covering, but they're going to be right there on the fringe there. Yeah. I, I, I go with the under, uh, like I said, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more separation than what you had. Um, but I think we both feel like the Bulls are the better team in this matchup. One thing to add on to the Kyle Ventries, he has thrown over 20 in quite a few games, but he rarely ever goes over the, the 25 mark. Yeah, it's it's right yeah. right about like 23, like 15 and 23, yes. like stuff like and that. And it's been yeah. going down. So uh, he's he had a five-game stretch where he was – no lower than 22 and no higher than 25 with three of the five being at 23. So that's a, that's a good number for him. And what I do want to say about Kyle Van Trees, because we don't talk about him often, I have a lot of confidence in him, in him at quarterback. I look at him as more of a game manager. We really haven't seen what he can do uh, beyond that yet in his career. But for what he's asked to do, he does a good job of it. He's completed about 60% of his passes this year, seven touchdowns, one interception. He's averaging normally around that 160, 165 range per game uh, yardage-wise and has a good QBR. So I'm encouraged by what I've seen by him. His main thing is that with this type of offensive line and rushing attack, he's just not – he's basically asked just not to mess things up. So – uh, I, I like what he's done so far this year, and if he plays another clean game, I don't think there's. I, I think I feel confident saying that I expect the Bulls to win this game. Yeah, I mean, if your running backs going for three ninety six and six tutties, um, I don't. I don't think you should have to do anything if you're the quarterback um, besides just you. hand him the ball. <laughs> like that's an absolutely unbelievable performance and. It's been an honor to watch what Jared Patterson has done this season, um, especially you know being as close to him on the field as we have throughout the year and being able to you know talk to him throughout it. Um, it's it's just awesome to watch his growth. Um, I think he's gonna you know be a guy who next year is gonna be on NFL radars because he is just consistently performed and it doesn't matter how many guys are in the box he the first play you know against bowling green takes it all the way to the house where you know the box is loaded and just goes pretty much untouched and (laughs) continues on from there and it's just goes to show what ub can do if they fully get behind you know what they're doing and let's just continue that on to the bahamas bowl but Bunt, any last thoughts before we get going? 
Um, I know you just uh, got out of that Canisius UB game. If you want to give, you know, just a quick, you know, 30-second thoughts. Quick 30-second thoughts. This UB team still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, they're battling chemistry issues, consistency issues, and the ability to just kind of tighten up on the defensive side of the ball. Too many breakdowns. They need to find a go-to score uh, in addition to Devontae Jordan. Um, they need Javon Graves to elevate his game to another level, and they need Antoine Johnson to step it up a little bit. Other than that, I uh, still have high expectations of them, but uh, they'll need to find some answers heading into MAC play, or else there's a chance that they could be more of a mid-tier MAC East team than a, a top one or two team in the, the division. Yep, they obviously struggled there against Army, and you need to see them playing much better. Uh, it's great to see them bounce back against Canisius, but like you said, you need to get some more consistent scoring. Hopefully you can get some more effort off the bench. You're seeing a little bit more out of harden it now, I think, a little bit. Uh, Nickelberry's starting to find his game some. Um, Antoine J- uh, Johnson obviously needs to start scoring uh, a bunch more, but it's great to see what Devontae is doing this season so far. He's obviously growing into a bigger role and he's showing that he's not just a defensive player. He's able to get, you know, his buckets as well. And if he can continue to do that and set up some guys, I think, you know, they can find some consistency and get some chemistry going forward. But someone else is going to need to step up in that role. It can't just be him because the only time Javon really seems to really step up is when he really starts crushing threes. Um, at some point, then he really takes over. Besides that, you know, you really need to find some secondary scoring. Um, Rondo is really stepping up into it as well, but let's see what they got going forward. Some more big four matchups. We'll be back very soon, breaking them all down, as well as reviewing the UB Charlotte uh, Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl game. Everyone get out to Alumni Arena this Friday. You have the women's basketball game, like we said, against Ryerson before the bowl game at 2 o'clock. And as we always say, this stampede never stops. Let's go Bulls.